What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. This to me is like the really fascinating material. Don't know what the answer is, but we're looking for patterns. I think we're looking at kind of a type of cosmic alchemy. The story slowly Still, a lot of people don't know that this technology actually exists. The possibilities here are pretty mind-blowing. This is Adam. Adam. Hello, and this is Rob, my co-host. Hi, Dina. How are you? Producer. Hi, Rob. He's the man that makes everything work. There's a big dog in the picture on your uh, your Skype profile. <laughs> yeah, I I got I'm a, a total dog lover. Oh, uh, me too. I've got three dogs, and yeah, you like the big ones or the small ones? Uh, both mine are sort of medium sized, but. Mm-hmm. I like bigger dogs over tiny little dogs. Yeah, me too. So, what's uh? How'd you guys? How'd you find out about us? I we were actually Facebook friends because I remember hearing you on um, Darkness Radio way back in the day. I don't remember how long ago this was, but I, I remember hearing you back uh, hearing you on it at one point. Um, I I was listening to one of your podcasts. You had a, a psychic on, uh, sh- uh, and I, I love the show. She was real interesting. She was going into um, Alistair Crowley and um, the history of tarot card reading, and um, it, it was a real interesting show. And I thought maybe um, my book and would be a good fit. Okay, interesting, cool. I'm wondering who that was that we had on. She was. Uh, she said she was a tarot card expert. Okay. It was an older episode. Okay. I wonder if that's my friend Heather. That could have been that's her. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, it might have been her. Well, that's cool. She's really interesting. Yeah, she yeah, did cool. like a history of tarot cards. Tarot okay. cards. Okay. Yeah, and I, cool. I just, I just bought my uh, daughter a deck. So um, uh-huh. I was looking for, you know, some more information about it. Okay. Well, very cool. Yeah, I'm glad you found us. Um, I think I back in the day, I think I was meaning to get in touch with you. And maybe for some reason, it, I, I didn't. I, 
slipped my mind or something possibly i don't know but uh i I do remember hearing you on that on that show quite a few um years ago um i mean i do a lot of radio so i i enjoy it it's fun okay well excellent excellent uh i did get to read some of the book very interesting interesting premise you're you're a good writer Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. It, it, it flows very well. How many books have you written so far? I have eight. Eight. Wow. Nice. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. For, for someone that's written, hasn't, has only written zero, I, uh, <laughs> I'm, pretty, I'm pretty impressed by that. <laughs> How long do you have for the interview? We usually go, like our maximum time is usually like an hour and a half, but uh, we don't have to go that long. That would be fine. Okay. Okay. We'll just see where the conversation takes us. So, uh, it's, it's, it's Dina Ray, right? Yes. Excellent. Excellent. Okay. I just want to make sure to get names pronounced right. Um, all right. Well, we're ready to start if you are, uh, great. All right. I'm going to come on. I'll just bring, I'll bring Rob in and then, uh, we'll bring you in. So, all right. We're starting the show on a conspiracy normal. <laughs> What's up, oh, Rob? Was that my cue? Oh, hello, everybody. That's your cue, man. Hey, Adam. Remember, the show is already in progress. That's how That's it right. works. Our friend Serfiel yes. is not here tonight. Yes. I just learned how to pronounce his name. <laughs> he of the unpronounceable <laughs> name he is not here tonight. Um, he is coming back from California where he's been uh, visiting um, Secret Society Tiki Lodges. Nice. And Promoting uh, his album? What? Is he promoting his album? Yeah, well, he's going to be working on a new Tiki Beats album. So, oh. so Rob is here and uh, been exhausted, but working his butt off. <laughs> yeah, but it's a good exhausted. They call Rob the working man. That's what he is. <laughs> <laughs> And we have a guest on the line. Um, this is a lady that I heard on Darkness Radio way back on the day and I always meant to get in touch with, and then she got in touch with me. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, some New World Order conspiracies and then whatever other kind of conspiracies that uh, we get to talk about. Everybody, welcome Dina Ray to the show. Dina, welcome to Conspiracy Normal. Thanks for having me, Adam. Yeah, thanks. Thank you for coming on. Um, you know, let's get into this because you know we were talking. Uh, I was talking about you were talking to me a little bit about the New World Order and possibly you know your book Crowns and Cabals. We're going to talk a little bit about that, but let's talk a little bit. Get a little about a bit of background on you and kind of what started your interest in this whole world of conspiracy theories. Um, well, I think I began my um, road to conspiracy theory back in the 90s when uh, George Bush was president and we had that Gulf War and uh, he even used the phrase uh, New World Order in one of his speeches mm-hmm. and that kind of, hmm, what's that? And then, of uh, course course uh what seven eight years later at this point i'm a, a grown woman and then 9-11 happened 
and um, conspiracy. Uh, My husband is a fireman, so uh, a lot of he worked a lot of overtime while some of the guys on his shift went to New York to help clean up. And there were a lot of theories, as I'm sure you're well aware of, uh, about New World Order. What did the president know? Could this have been avoided? A lot of people got rich right afterward, uh, you know, and and that was it. Then I, I fell full blown down the rabbit hole. And uh, just to be clear, I um, I don't prefer one side to the other on conspiracy theory. I have plenty, I believe in plenty of left wing conspiracy theories, and I believe in plenty of right wing conspiracy theories. So uh, I I just want you and your listeners to be clear on that. This is not a, uh, a certain lens that I'm, I'm looking through. I just look at patterns and uh, make my, draw my own conclusions. Yeah, because that's the thing right now that's really big, and especially I think since Trump got elected, that conspiracy, people think that the conspiracy theory world is just the world of the right, and there are conspiracy theories on the left as well. It's not right. just, a, you know, we, we've, we've explored a little bit of this kind of history about that, like how back in the 60s, you know, the, the JFK assassination, which really, yeah. if you think about it, that's kind of spark that whole sparks off the whole idea of like the conspiracy theory that is, um, you know, that's, that was pretty much like a kind of a really like the, the left wing that kind of espoused that, that conspiracy theory back in the day. And now it seems that like people just lumped all conspiracy theory. Well, if you, if you're into conspiracy theories, you're just a, a, a right wing wacko. And that's not necessarily so there are plenty of conspiracies on the left. Um, you know, I can remember hearing stuff about like when Katrina happened and people talking about how the KKK blew up the, blew up the levees in new Orleans and, you know, because they wanted to kill all the black people and, you know, the, the, you hear about all these kind of conspiracies that, uh, but but people don't focus on the the left wing part of it, and there are plenty of them. Well, nine eleven that was all left wing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fahrenheit nine uh, eleven, and and then um, that one famous uh, movie director was it Michael Moore yeah, made Michael that Moore. movie. So that was a big uh, time period for uh, lefty conspiracy theories many which i think make a lot of sense yeah yeah well which ones on the left hand side make sense to you we'll we'll just go we'll just go from there because i think you know i've explored a lot of the right wing stuff like what's some of the left wing conspiracy theories that that to you kind of make more sense well again you brought up the jfk uh assassination and then you know we you can't really talk about JFK without adding Lincoln into it a hundred years earlier. And, um, both presidents, one was a Republican, one was a Democrat, both were under the impression that they were the president and they didn't understand that they were just a puppet for, uh, you know, some people call it the deep state. I don't, I call it the inner circle. So, again, it's not so much a right or a left perspective. It's 
we've got a problem right now. We've got a whole group of people who are running the world and we're sitting here, you know, bickering uh, about, you know, uh, reparations and uh, what what's a, a good time to get an abortion and all this stuff when the real story is going go, is right underneath our noses and nobody's looking at that. They're looking at the side stuff. And uh, I, I think that's going to be a huge problem down the road. Yeah, I, I tend to bring that up a lot, too, about the um, the system of checks and balances that was put in place at the founding of our country and the imbalance that has slowly kind of taken place over and over and the, um, the power that's kind of been handed over to corporations. And I think that fuels a lot right. of a lot exactly. of these issues and a lot of these, uh, um, you know, the, the conspiracy theories. There's, there's, that's kind of this shadowy figure behind a lot of them. Exactly. I just as, as I'm sure you're both aware of, we've got right now. We've got uh, speaking of corporations, we've got our big uh, free speech, quote unquote, corporations like Facebook, Twitter, that are banning people left and right who they don't agree with. That not and. Don't get me wrong. If if somebody's like a ISIS person who wants to recruit people for murder, we'll absolutely ban them. But if somebody has uh, a different political view than the owner of Facebook or the owner of Twitter, that's not right to be banning them. I'm sorry. That's just we're we're getting into a censored world, and and not so much because of our government, but because of these corporations. Yeah, that's that that does bother me because they just came out when it was this 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 last week. They were talking about how Alex Jones and a few others and they even banned like Louis Farrakhan, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was an, that was another one. But, you know, this this last week they've 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 came out with that. That now was it was it Facebook is no longer going to to have their their sites on on Facebook, was that what it was? I think Twitter was a part of it too. Yeah, but Twitter, yeah, Twitter's yes. owned by Facebook or um, well, Twitter's Insta- its own Instagram. Thing, I, think. I don't know. Yeah, Instagram well, is owned by Facebook. Yes, it was. Sorry. Facebook owns Instagram. Is that right, right. or something? Right. Yeah, right. Right. But yeah, it's just that kind of thing just makes me real uneasy. Yeah, and, and it's this whole idea that they think that they're going to protect people. From from something, they're going to protect people from somebody from somebody going crazy and, this and is, killing a whole bunch of people. It's very. This is an area where I'm much more libertarian. Yes, you know, I think we have to have some faith that people can filter their own content and make up their own minds. Otherwise, what's the point? Right. <laughs> yeah, but I've heard right. arguments from the so-called from like the libertarian side that has said, "Well, they're private companies; they can do what they want." Which is like, true. They Doesn't are mean, private right. companies. I mean, they, they can. They should be able to do whatever they want. But but they're also gatekeepers. Yeah. They're, they're being used, though, by all of us in some way or another. Even though mm-hmm. they're, we're, we're the product and all that, we're using them, too. It, it's become... Uh, it, I mean, I've heard people looking for jobs, and they uh, have to sign in to a job thing with a, with a Facebook or uh, they want to sign into something and they use their Facebook sign in. So it's it's yep. 
becoming more and more of a thing, we can't escape it. And, um, I mean, you could live under a rock and not be on any social media, and that, I guess, would be the answer to it. But sooner or later, if you if you need a job and you need to work, you're going to have to sign up for one of these things. You're, you're kind of forced into it. Yeah, but you're going to have an account without being on there and taking everything literally yeah, all the time I, I, and being completely absorbed by it as well. Which is what um, I think getting power of, to these companies. Well, one thing I, I really creeped me out on Facebook was uh, I was somewhere with my family and I took a picture and I didn't tag them or anything. I, I posted the picture on Facebook and mm-hmm. it said my name and so on. Uh, Dina Ray is with blah, blah, blah and blah, blah, blah. Well, they I never tagged them. It was through facial recognition recognition. Yep. And I thought, well, that's a lot of nerve. So, uh, <laughs> then I had to figure out how to, you know, go through my notifications and, and turn that off. Well, why am I, why do I have to figure out how to turn something off? Shouldn't it be off and it should be on me to turn it on if I want to enable it. I, I, there's a lot of people who, who wouldn't bother to think, oh, well, that's kind of weird. Oh, well, I don't like that. I don't, that's yeah. not right to be identifying people on your private face. There's like no privacy anymore. Yeah, it, it, it does, but it, it makes me uncomfortable too. And also like, you know, you could be talking about something or you can be in a certain place and all of a sudden you're just going to get all these ads for that oh, certain yeah. thing. Yeah. That's yeah. happened to me several times. Yes. On, on your, on your phone, on your Facebook app. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, my husband will be watching a commercial. Be like, oh, I I really like that uh, new Mercedes they have out. And and the next minute, there's a Mercedes thing on your Facebook feed. So (laughs) you're right. They're they're not just watching you. They're listening to you. And I, I have no intention of buying a Mercedes at all. But the comment uh, got got an ad in my Facebook account, so I, I'm not. I, I guess as a writer, I'm I'm kind of expected to be on Facebook, but I really don't like it. Yeah, yeah, I, I can I can understand that. And the what you were saying about how like you can lo- you can use your Facebook login for now like so many things to log into a website. Like for instance, like my uh, podcasting, the the hosting site that I use for this podcast, I can either put in my username or password, or just go through my Facebook account, and like it reminds me of like the social back of the back of the day with like the social security number, how back in the thirties when they started that, that it was they they said well it's never going to be used to ID you. It's not supposed to be for ID. Yeah. It's just supposed to be for Social Security Administration. And now your Social Security number, they ask everywhere, ask, literally mm-hmm. everywhere, ask for your Social Security number. And I think it's the same. I think that's kind of like what they're trying to integrate Facebook in now. It's like that's your, um, that's your footprint, like your, your digital footprint. Yeah. And your digital ID is basically Facebook. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. 
you're right in that social security number it's used for everything it's your it's your number for your health insurance at least for for mine it's your number uh to you know get recite your password it, it's it's kind of scary how it's out there in cyberspace and then sometimes you put it in and and the computer knows it and it just you you type in two numbers and then the rest of it pops up you know too much too much information your identity could be so easily uh, taken away my new thing right now is uh you know i i love my mom dearly she's if she's listening i hope she doesn't get mad but she bought me that um ancestry.com yeah Uh thing for uh christmas and um i just you know quietly said thank you with no intent of ever using it and you know she finally got on me and i i said mom i'm I'm not putting my dna i'm not giving my dna to a corporation they're going to put it in a database and who knows i might be a match for some rich guy who needs a kidney and and you know who knows uh i just this is getting way too much way 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 too much uh, I do not want a corporation to have be able to sell off my DNA. I, it's too much. Well, you know the um, the the go- I mean, did you hear about the Golden State Killer? The 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 um, was it the original Night Stalker? How they caught that guy last year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. With his, his brother went on uh, Ancestry.com or Twenty Three and Me or, or what? Yeah, it was yeah. either his brother or some dist- or like a cousin or something. Yeah. yeah. Uh huh. And they, 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 they found a match of the D, uh, from that DNA from the police database to the database of like whatever. I guess it was 23andMe. Well, one of these companies supposedly that can just that will make this information public and they caught him that way. Now, it's like a double edged sword, right? Because like it's good that they caught the guy. Like he was a complete bastard. They should have caught him. But at the same time, it makes everybody a little uneasy. Like, you know, yeah. why is this stuff in a database? <laughs> so if, if my cousin's right? out there killing people, like, I wouldn't feel bad if they used my DNA to catch them. <laughs> yeah, but it's still you still have mixed feelings about it, though. Yeah, right? yeah, for because sure. Because you can see you can see the um, the direction. Yeah, you can see the opportunity yeah. for abuse that that would yeah. engender. Right. It's like that. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen that movie, but with uh, Tom Cruise, Minority Report. Yep. Mm-hmm. They're start. They're they're arresting you for crimes that you're about to commit instead of crimes that you already committed. It, it's a, it's a good sci-fi movie, but that that reminds me of of where this is all going. Um, and how easy would it be to frame someone? Right. It would be a breeze. Yep. Yeah, I could. I could definitely. I could definitely see that as well. Yeah. Um, let's. I want to talk a little bit about the phrase "New World Order." Um, what that means to you? Um, what do you see the New World Order as? Um, well, I think uh, there's a lot of versions of New World Order, so. Uh, let me, you know, just be very clear when we're talking about New World Order. A lot of people, believe it or not, excuse me, I got to kick my dogs out real quick. Yeah, no problem. Ow, ow, ow. Ow, ow. That's what Rob has to do sometimes. I'm sorry, they opened. <laughs> they, 
they know how to open doors. So they're, uh, they're, they're, they're smart. Yeah, they, they are. Uh, but I'm sorry. In, anyway, um, a lot of people seem to think uh, New World Order is uh, like a racist thing. They uh, one of like uh, anti-Semitic and it's not at all. That's that's one version of New World Order where uh, you've got some uh, anti-Semites who think that, you know, Jewish people want to take over the world. But that's definitely not the New World Order that mm-hmm. I believe in. And mm-hmm. then there's another new kind of New World Order that ha- embraces the idea that aliens are the the proverbial man behind the curtain and um our inner circle has made contact with these aliens and they're running things trying to set up the world a certain way so they can echo in the rest of their friends who are circling the galaxy and whatnot and have a a utopia place for them to land in now that is believe it or not a little bit that makes a little bit more sense to me than the other one, but that's still not exactly the new world order that I believe in. And then of course we've got the um, traditional kind of new world order where a lot of people seem to think that we've got uh, an inner circle of globalists running the world who uh, want globalization for to uh, ensure their own power, and okay, that one makes probably the most sense. But uh, the one that I believe in, because I'm a Christian, mm-hmm. is the one where the, we become a one-world government, and that ushers in the Antichrist to rule the world, and then, of course, the Great Tribulation comes and. Uh, you probably have heard the prophecy before. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 For sure. Uh, so, so you definitely so have that, that, some biblical uh, basis on this. That is the uh, of the New World Order versions. That that is my the one that I believe in the most. Now, the alien one, I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's part of it either. With all of the government cover cover ups that have been going on. So that one I certainly wouldn't dismiss, but there's definitely more than just a bunch of rich people who want to ensure their power. There's, um, there's something supernatural, whether it's alien, whether it's God, maybe it's both. I don't know, but there's, they're uh, like star Wars. There, there's, there's forces going on that we cannot see. Okay. What um, what do you think those forces are? Well, as a Christian, I I believe that we've got a lot of demonic forces that uh, are are working their way all over the globe. Uh, I I mean, not to go too far back in time, but maybe three years ago, uh, the summer of twenty sixteen, there was a, a huge architectural. Uh, a tunnel built in Switzerland for uh, the longest tunnel for a train to go through. I don't know. I, I uh, can't remember the name. It starts with the G. Well, anyway, they uh, Switzerland and Germany and a couple of the other countries that this 
tunnel ran through had a celebration before it opened and they openly had a parade of, I, I mean, I'll, I'll be happy to send you the link. Uh, they openly had a, a parade and a show for all the heads of state, including Angela Merkel and um, um, the, the guy before Macron, I can't remember his name, but uh, they had That's a whole Sark- show yeah. and it had, yeah, it was all uh, about fallen angels and uh, Baphomet was in the parade and uh, there were orgies um, going on one of the train cars. I mean, this is what the entertainment was, uh, the opening night of the train, the, uh, this new train tunnel. So it's it's almost like it's here, like they're celebrating not the train tunnel so much as our one world government is here and we don't need to be sneaky about it anymore. We can be out in the open because no one's going to stop us. And, uh, I mean, we're hearing that phrase more and more new world order. Um, I, I think I, I, I saw a one with Joe Biden saying it a few years back, Joe Biden, who he doesn't strike me as a new world order guy, but why was he using the phrase? Hmm. So I, I just I'm bringing this up because I I mean I truly believe it's not just a novel for me I truly believe that is where we're headed, and when we are talking about globalization as if it's a good thing it's a good thing for who it's a good thing for Facebook it's a good thing for Twitter not a good thing for the little guy. So um, I I don't think people understand. The only ones that it benefits are the CEOs of the corporations it, and, the, of course, heads of state who are helping them get to where they want to get to. It does not benefit the little guy at all. Right. Yeah, I, I, I could see that. So you think that there's some there's probably some occult machinations going on behind the scenes, like some really dark occult stuff. They're including like Baphomet in there. I I do know what you're talking about. That was really strange. That whole, um, that whole little like uh, procession that they did there. I mean, that, that stuff is really weird. Yeah. Uh, And why would, why would that be the entertainment for heads of state? What to me, it's, it's like they're out of the closet now. Yeah. It's, it's, it's time. Uh, we can, um, you know, we can be who we want to be. So here, I, I, I just brought the link up, uh, and I'm going to send it to you. Um, um, sorry, wait, uh, and I'll send it to you in a minute, but yeah. in, that's just, that's just one example. We've got so many so many things going on uh, that just—I don't know. I mean, I, I, I when I was in college, I, I was a Democrat, so I don't want to, you know, trash on the Democrats or anything. But what is up with this whole socialist platform? I, I don't look at what's going on in Venezuela. How could anybody be preaching socialism? The whole entire world is changing right now, and. I don't get it. I, I think I, I'm nervous. I'm scared for this country. I truly am. Uh, 
you know, not to get too off the subject, but um, look at Brexit. When is that ever going to happen? That, that's what those the Brits voted for. And what did they get? They're still in the EU. So we've got uh, a lot of things that we, we, we think we're a democracy. We think we're voting for stuff. Uh, nothing seems to be going our way. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm not a fan of the socialism stuff. I I I think that 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 is something that has been tried, and has been. I mean, I want people to be treated fairly, but I do feel like there's always an agenda that's behind a lot of uh, behind a lot of this um, a lot of this stuff that you know. Yeah, putting in a kind of increased government control always kind of makes me a little bit nervous. So how yeah. is that? How is that going to be? How is that going to be implemented? At the same time, we it's like uh, us as like normal people, we are kind of stuck in this middle ground, right? So we're kind of stuck between like this kind of ultra capitalist corporate world and then we're stuck between like the other side that wants our attention which is kind of like this socialist um socialist you know we'll take care of everybody kind of camp and we're just like everybody's just kind of in between that and those seems to be the two type of management systems that are put on to this when they're probably really almost one and the same i mean if you look at china about to yeah. say it too much like Donald Trump, China. But if you <laughs> if you look at China, I mean that really I think and um, Serfiel, who's not here tonight, he's our the uh, other co-host. We've been talking some about this, and China really is the perfect country for them because for I guess the New World Order or the Cabal or whatever you want to call them, you know that's kind of the model because they have this ultra sophisticated. Uh, they're implementing all these ultra sophisticated tech stuff, like the um, what is it the where their their social media account is going to be like pretty much run their lives. Um, yeah, and you have this ultra form of capitalism in China, where you know people literally have to be locked into these factories, and then the government is communist, right? So the government mm-hmm. is authoritarian. So it's almost like it's it's perfect, and it's the perfect model. And I think this is where the world wants to go to is this kind of like, um, Chinese style technocracy. And that's, that's where we're, that's really where we're heading. And we, we did, a we did a Patreon only episode. We have a Patreon that we do. And we, we did an, a romper room episode, which is our kind of like news and court current events. And Serfiel did a, and I did on the what's going on with the Uyghurs in, uh, in Eastern China or Western China rather. And the, the Uyghurs are being put into like basically these cities where they're monitored 24 seven. They're in this concentration camp area and uh, they they can't go to, if there's only like one or two mosques because they're Muslims. They can only go to these mosques at a certain time. If they're still monitored all the time, if they say they read the Quran, they get put in put in these concentration camps. I mean, that is like almost like the perfect system because it's all it's it's like that's 
it, it's it's scary how that's it's almost like that's a beta testing for other things. It's like that sounds really paranoid, but it really makes you think. <laughs> Adam, you're hitting the nail too much on the head right now. It, I'm Karl Marx. You you have to get rid of religion to gain gain, uh, gain power over the masses. So. Yeah, the Muslims are getting it hard. So are the Christians. China is just wiping them out left and right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like a, a, and nobody a, is a, saying a re- anything about it. Exactly. Hardly Why, anyone it, cares. Exactly. So. I watch the news all the time. I've, I've only heard about it on one news channel. Uh, I, ha- I haven't heard of it on CNN. I haven't heard of it on Fox. I've. Uh, the only way I even know about it is from OANN, which does like a headline news not an opinion news and they, they, uh, do, uh, you know, headlines from all over the world. And, um, you, you're hitting the nail way on the head and, uh, exa- and here we've got, you know, seeds of socialism planted in this country. And, uh, again, if you want to rule a world, it, it can't be under a democracy. It just, it will never happen. It can't be under uh, a religion, a religious theocracy either. Uh, because we're all different, we all practice different things. It's got to be under communism. I mean, you've got it a hundred percent on the mark. And China is uh, the testing ground, and I think the UN is the skeletal government that uh, is going to run the world eventually. Um, you know, we've got what seven, eight billion people in the world. They say the most the world can handle and feed is 10 billion people. And the way population is growing, that's about 2050. They're, they believe 10, we'll have 10 billion people. That's the max. Yeah. That is the we were ultimate max. We supposed to have 10 billion well, by 2010. Well, in New World Order uh, theory conspiracy, of course, a big part of that is population control. So... A lot of poor people think, oh, socialism, yay, you know, my life's going to be so much better. You're going to be the first one they get rid of. If you're unskilled, you don't have any education, you have nothing. So the next question I was going to ask was, uh, before we were rudely interrupted by the man, is (laughs) uh, the book. If about uh, the book Crowns and Cabals. Um, so what made you want to write this book? Well, uh, again, I'm. it's a futuristic book, not too far in the future, that fictionalizes what the, what the world, specifically the United States, might, might look like if a New World Order was going to take shape. And um, my book starts off with a nuclear war. And I, I believe that that's probably how it really will happen. There'll be a nuclear war. A lot of people will end up dead. And the survivors are going to get scared. And they're going to get desperate. And whoever... Uh, comes forth in uh, the leadership, I'm going to assume it's going to be through the UN because that is set up so perfect for running the world. They're going to come into play and um, they're going to 
uh, you know, dole out some new rules for the world, not just the United States, but but for the world. And uh, I, you know, a lot of people might laugh, but uh, the right to bear arms, of course, our Second Amendment is going to have to go. That will will not fly in, under New World Order. We are we'll, we cannot be allowed to uh, arm ourselves because then how can we be controlled? We can form our own armies and fight back and um, et cetera. And we've, uh, you know, a few years ago we had Jade Helm. Uh, I'm in Texas. I'm uh, right outside of Dallas. We had Jade Helm where the army did a practice run of, you know, going door to door, confiscating weapons and uh, utilizing martial law. So, to say that this, I, I'm being ridiculous, that's just not true. It, it's not true at all. And we were always getting, you know, all kinds of, uh, you know, let's get rid of guns all the, all the time. And yeah, there are, our gun laws are, do need to be revised. We can't be letting crazy people just go out and buy a gun. Like uh, last year in Florida, that one student or former student just legally bought a gun with all those psychiatric problems. And uh, yeah, I agree. We can't have that. Right. Yeah. That, that's unacceptable. But on the other side of the coin, we need to respect that amendment that our forefathers made that amendment because they knew, they knew that there might be a takeover. And uh, uh, if we were forced to get rid of our guns, we'd be, we would be crippled into fighting back. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I do agree with that. I, I do. I just, I don't know. If I think this is a good place to, to to talk about this because you do talk about in your book about these are about people fighting back in this kind of new world order scenario. Um, but you know, I, I, I feel like kind of when there's this, how to say this that. It's almost like us fighting back against like a really hard government force. Like they have so many weapons that it would just we they destroy us in this in an instant. <laughs> I, you know, I I, agree I think it, I think it might be people have said that to me, but and also I'm mixed about it because I think in myself like there's a principle thing to it though, right? I mean the the ability to the citizenry should be a check on its government. Yeah. In my opinion. Absolutely. Uh, you know, just, a yeah. Okay. You're you, it's kind of silly. Like uh, a bunch of uh, people banding together in a ragtag army could, could never compete against a government. But you know, let me remind you that right after the cold war, we had generals in Russia selling nuclear warheads left and right for $25,000 as low as. So it is possible not saying it's easy, but it is possible to get your hands on some really good weapons in in a time of chaos and in desperation. I mean, that's a hell of a weapon to be getting your you get your hands a hold of, though. Yeah, <laughs> they were selling them for dirt cheap. Yeah, that was part of the problem. But the the that I, I mean, so are you saying that like we? The, the citizenry should have a nuclear weapon to counter no, I, that? 
No, but you got to start somewhere. You know, you, 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 I don't think that we should be able to go out and buy our own nukes. I, uh, I mean, I certainly don't believe that for a moment, but if you were at war, depending on who's, what, what, uh, you know, layman is watching those nukes. I, I mean, the, the, the powers that are controlling everything can't watch everything. They have, they're going to have to depend on people. And that's, that that that's the weak link in all of this. Um, the the people that are supposed to you know be in an army are they going to turn? Are they going to sell off the weapons? I mean, we we saw all kinds of stuff with Russia when um, their uh, communist government fell. So certainly, chaos would be a factor. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, but that's I don't know. <laughs> Uh, that would have to be almost like a deterrent factor. Like, don't mess with us. We've got a nuke. And that would just basically be like, who would blink first? I mean, that's more, sadly, more and more people are, are more, not people, but more and more governments are, are getting nukes. And, you know, right. God forbid, Iran is, you know, if, if they don't have one already, they're just about there. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff like that is concerning. I mean, it concerns and, me and that Israel say- possibly has has nukes as well. I mean, that's a, like your book starts out like that, right? Israel and Iran going to they nuclear do have war. nukes. Yeah, well, we gave them. Yeah, they do oh, have nukes. Uh-huh. We gave them to them. Uh huh. Yeah, they say they don't, but well, and then there's how do you know? There, we've got so many um, physicist geniuses running all over the place. Who's to say that they they can't get a hold of the raw materials and make their own. Yeah. But the um I, th- I think what you would what you sent me kind of like a list of questions and one that I found interesting was you know is violence excusable in a dictatorship? Um do we if we were to have like a complete stamp dictatorship is it okay for the people to use violent means i mean isn't that a great uh question yeah because uh here we've got you know jesus who who said turn uh, if someone slaps you in the face will turn the other cheek so they could you know slap you on the other side of your face and um you know we're that i don't know i, I mean I, I don't have the answer but if I was under attack, I would defend myself. If I was backed into a corner, I would defend myself. I just, I, I don't, I don't want to end it just laying down and dying. I, I guess that that would be my personal, and I think most people are like that. Mm-hmm. That fight or flight kicks in, and if there's nowhere to to fly, then you're. That's just human instinct that you're going to fight. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. I agree with that. I I think that people would, I mean, we've seen it in history, right? We've seen resistance movements. We've seen those type of things happen. I mean, that's, that's, that's nothing, nothing new. It's just where would the violence end, I guess is my um, question. But because ultimately, I mean, I, I consider myself a pacifist, but Honestly, I don't know what I would do in that situation. 
if someone took away my property, took away yeah. my weapons, took away my right to worship whoever I want to worship, when that was all me and my father and my grandfather and my great father, that's all we knew. And then all of a sudden you took that away. You're, I don't think it would work out for, for the powers that be. I don't think people would be that willing to say, okay, well, if that, that's the new way we've got to live for peace and that's no problem for me. I don't think that's how it would work out. Yeah. I would be very suspicious about something like that where they would say that, you know, peace, um, peace needs to reign. And, uh, I don't know. That's I, the I, Bible. I'm pre- I'm pretty, the, yeah. the same, but it depends the, on who's telling me that. Comes in peace, right? yeah. The Antichrist comes in peace. So I, whenever you hear that, in the name of peace stuff that you're, Ooh, what does that mean? <laughs> so, so, do you, so going back to the earlier question about um, crowns and cabals, about your book, I mean, do you think that eventually that they'll set up some kind of nuclear, like fake nuclear, like limited nuclear war? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. It's also a good way to do population control. You can get rid of, all of the areas that are uh, worthless in terms of natural resources have uh, extensive poverty with uh, uneducated, unskilled workers. It, it, it's like a win-win situation for the inner circle. Yeah. Get rid of what you don't need and then keep what you want. And all in the name of, you know, we can't get along. Yeah. It's a culling. Yeah, and some- I mean, the, what you saw talk about in the book, I mean, that, that's, that's pretty serious. It doesn't, like, destroy everything. No. But, I mean, you definitely, like, the people don't realize the effects of, like, even a limited nuclear exchange would have. So, like, if India and Pakistan right now just, like, shot all their nukes at each other, it would send the global temperature, like, spiraling down. That's in one area of the world. Right. Nuclear winter. Yeah. Yeah. But we don't know. We don't really know any of that for sure. Those are all best guesses by really smart people. Sure. But again, until it happens, you, you really can't say. And then they, then they say that, the, that parts of the world would heat up. So which is it? Is it going to be nuclear winter? Is it going to be, is the world going to heat up? Are we not going to be able to see the sun? What? would a third of the world blown to smithereens look like? I hope to God we never find out, but I think a lot of people wonder. So who are the crowns and cabals? Who are these people? Well, um, I was uh, originally uh, part of the book. I was inspired uh, by the um, right after 9-11 when we went to the uh, Gulf War, the second Gulf War. And uh, in 2003, the, um, uh, the Iraqi museum was uh, left unattended and left open and a whole bunch of stuff was stolen, mm-hmm. including crowns. Mm-hmm. And that, that seems to be a big thing like with ISIS and, of course, with Hitler and uh, a lot of uh, conquerors of taking other people's history. And um, 
you know, the, a lot of people say, oh, well, that's because they want to destroy the history so they can create their own and, and rewrite the past. Maybe that's partially true. But if you read my book, of course, there's more to it. What are what are what is so important about these artifacts? Where where did they originate? Uh, why do people go to great lengths to preserve them? And that's uh, a theme in the book as well. So do you think that this is some kind of uh, technology? Because you hear that sometimes. That uh, I've heard that about the museum lootings and such, that there could be some kind of like ancient technology that they're trying to harness or something like that. Yeah, when you've got certain pieces that are all together, what um, does that bring back? What um, Who was wearing them at the time? Who was using them at the time? Uh, that is definitely a big part, I think, of why so many people loot museums. And um, we don't even know all of the artifacts that they have. A lot of places mm -hmm. won't even uh, photograph the items or they won't even put them on display. So there's a lot of parts of history that we don't even know. So would this have something to do maybe with fallen angels? Yes, absolutely. As I, think, I think the beginning of the book kind of gives you a clue. It's a, a Bible verse of when Satan fell and um, he was uh, wearing all kinds of uh, jewels. Okay. And uh, it does go from there. Okay. Are you familiar? I mean, are you familiar any with uh, Dr. Michael Heiser's work about the, are you familiar with him? No. Okay. I just was curious. No, he, please, please yeah, tell me. Well, 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 I mean, he talks about like the, um, uh, what is it that he, uh, the Deuteronomy 32, where God basically appoints the powers, the, the principalities to all the other tribes or groups, but keeps the Jews for himself. Um, that's, uh, and so you have these like powers that are over these different areas like Babylon, Sumeria, Syria, all these different cultures and it's very similar to what you're describing like the uh the fallen they're basically basically fallen angels essentially is what what these these creatures are and the different kingdoms that yeah. were set up in response yeah yeah, yeah. I, i've definitely heard of that I, did, I didn't hear of um your doctor though yeah I, I would go we have some interviews with him i definitely would go uh can Suggest going back and looking at that. Um, the role of the United Nations in all this. What is their their role? Because we had a we had a guest on a few shows ago that was talking about Agenda Twenty One. Yeah, and they were talking about, but but he said that that was for being used by the aliens to terraform the planet. So, um, well, that's a new twist on things yeah, i had yeah. never thought of that yeah but um that's well, that's one thing i can think of but like the united nations to me i don't i don't know it feels like to me they have less power now than they might have had before especially oh, now Trump. when especially now you got 
guys like Trump and Putin and all these kind of more nationalist leaders, that's kind of how it feels, that they've got less power at this moment. Well, <laughs> they have an army. I don't know. That certainly is never talked about on the news. Now, why does a peace again, we're talking about peace, right? Why does yeah. a peaceful organization have an army? I just, that's a little bit odd. Uh, they get paid by their country yet, but they get a bonus from the UN. And if you start digging around about who pays for what, we pay, the United States pays for almost half of the UN. And what there's, what, like 180, 190 countries? So why are we paying for almost half? Uh, everybody on the general, Assem um, general Assembly gets one vote, but then now we jump over to the Security Council. There's only five permanent members on that. Of course, the United States is one. Mm -hmm. So that might be why we're paying 50% almost for it. Um, I'm not really sure. And there's a lot of secretive stuff that they do, uh, some of their duties don't really sound very peaceful. They're ensuring border disputes. That's, that's, that's not me. That's on their own website. That is one of their duties. What does that mean? And if they're ensuring border disputes and, and we pay almost half, well, why the hell aren't they on the border of Mexico right now? Right? Wouldn't we? Couldn't we use their hand? We're paying for half of that. See, so there's a, there's a lot of lot going on with this UN that, uh, quite honestly, doesn't add up right. Um, they have all kinds of spin-off organizations like the World uh, Health Organization and the World Hunger Organization and. Uh, so already they're they're pl planting themselves pretty firm in the ground uh, with all kinds of fingers and all kinds of different pies. And again, the news is not going to tell you any of this. And I don't know why. Um, this is your your uh, former guest who was talking about Agenda 21. Mm -hmm. Agenda 21 sets the the mark where the UN goes from an organization of countries trying to get along on a global level to an organization of countries that want to uh, increase their power. And everything after that comes after UN or excuse me, agenda 21, uh, all government policies are made in response to agenda 21. We're, this is not a law. It's not, uh, binding by any means uh, of the imagine any stretch of the imagination, it's just an idea. It's an agenda that that um, you know countries claim to want to follow. Yet uh, here we are creating our policies that are aligned with Agenda 21. Now, Agenda 21 has grown from Agenda 21. It started in um, 92 in uh, Rio de Janeiro. Again, good old George Bush, George H. Bush, said the term New World Order again. Mm -hmm. I mean, this guy doesn't stop with that term. 
and I, I really think that there's something to all that. And um, then they had, that was just kind of like the beginning of everything. Uh, then they got a little bit more together in, in uh, UN Agenda uh, Agenda 21 plus five. And then they did an, a UN Agenda plus 10 and, and then they did a, a agenda plus 20, and then they did an agenda 2030. This, this all stems from UN Agenda 21. And then finally, they did a vision 2050. And that and, and all, all of these things are linked from agenda 21, and they keep expanding it and expanding it and expanding it. Some of the jargon are sustainable development goals. Now, doesn't that sound like the new Green Deal that the Democrats have been pitching. Well, because it is. I haven't paid much attention to it, but yeah, I get you. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're, they're not inventing this term. They're using it from agenda 21. Uh, again, our policy is written in line with agenda 21 on purpose. Uh, some of the, the things uh, uh, that bother me the most is uh, eradicating poverty. Well, what does eradicating poverty mean? Well, it, it means to me, it means socialism. It means the people who are not in the inner circle who might have a house, who might have somewhat of a retirement plan, won't have that anymore. So that somebody who has nothing could have a little piece of that. And instead of having some rich people, a whole bunch of middle class people and some poor people, we're going to have almost all poor people. That That's what it means to me. And I know America's got a lot of problems. I know we're $22 trillion in debt, but we have, we're sitting pretty right here in this country. I think we all know that we're, we're, even if you're poor, you're sitting pretty in this country. This is a great place to live. Uh, what would happen if we eradicated po- poverty all over the globe? Well, our position of sitting pretty, it, we wouldn't be sitting so pretty. Uh, that's how I, that's how I think I, I see it, and a lot of people who are against UN Agenda Twenty One see it. This eradicating poverty is socialism, and it's controlling the masses. That's a big one. Um, again, a lot has to do with uh, pop, uh, um, private property confiscation. Again, is that is that a good thing? It's not a good thing to me. Um, I have a mortgage, but I, I own a house. I'd hate to see somebody be able to just take it away because, oh, well, we're trying to eradicate poverty. Don't really care that you worked your whole life to try to buy a house. Uh, there, that one's a big one, I think, yeah. with most people. When you start... But- when you start getting into those areas, that's where people start to get worried. They say, "Is that is that going to happen? Are they going to take this stuff away? Is it going to or is it going to be a more incremental approach?" I mean, that's yeah. I mean, it, I'm not I'm again not, in religion. I'm, is something. Yeah. Go sure. ahead. You, oh no! I, go ahead, Adam. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, again, re- religion is, is also a major problem. It's, t- you know, tolerance, tolerance, to- tolerance. Well, tolerance is, 
is turning into uh, a multi-faith religion where we're not having separate faiths. We're, we're starting to try to combine them. At least you see that a little bit with the, um, the Roman Catholic Church. They've got all of these national prayer days where they're reading out of the Koran or they're reading out of the Torah. And, uh, um, you know, I think they're, they're claiming that they're trying to be tolerant, but what message is that sending? Like that, that's part of religion. You have to draw a line in the sand. It's not, I'm not saying that you have to be, uh, against somebody for another religion, you tolerate them, but it's but, but you can't be blending them all together. Then that's not a religion, right? Then it's just a mess. And, and see, that's similar to the Chinese model too, where yeah. they have the, the the kind of the officially approved Christian church and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I just want to add, add sure. real quickly. Uh, you know how Notre Dame just uh, burned down, or a big part of it did, and they've got all these billionaires that, uh, I mean, it's it's really sickening. We're, we're talking about eradicating poverty here, and, and here here's a billion here, here's a billion there, here's a billion there to fix a building. It, it's kind of sickening to me that they've got a billion dollars in their back pocket to fix a roof of an old building but they don't have a billion dollars in their back pocket to help the homeless people in uh, the nearby area. I, but that, that's a whole nother, whole nother show. Uh, but all of these billionaires that are donating all, all this money to repair Notre Dame, uh, none of them are, are Catholic, none of them are even Christian. So what is their angle? And um, I was watching one of those Sunday news shows I can't meet the press. One of those, I, I can't remember the name of it. And uh, one of the the uh, hosts made a really great point that he's wondering if all of these non-Catholic, non-Christian billionaires have a uh, condition that they're going to enforce when they rebuild that church. And he's wondering if on those spires that burned down. They're going to not just have a cross, they're going to have uh, the moon, the half moon thing, and uh, they're going to have the Jewish star make and make it, it like a Make it all like an inclusive thing, yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I mean, this is on, you know, regular news. This isn't a conspiracy crackpot uh uh, internet thing. This is, you know, a Sunday news show, a news pro- uh, Wall- Oh, wait, Wall Street Journal to, get, to give to... Cite my source, Wall Wall Street Journal on uh, Sunday. So this is so, this isn't coming from Infowars. No, okay. no, this is not Alex Jones and the boys. This yeah. is Wall Street Journal, which is still respected. I, I don't think they're being called fake news, but who knows? I don't know. But anyway, um, that's what they think that this is all about. All, you know, let's rebuild the place and incorporate everybody. And uh, we've got in this country, we've got um, some religions cropping up called interfaithism. Uh, I'm from, I'm originally from Chicago, and I passed one of those churches, and it looked like a mini UN building. It had uh, flags, all kinds of flags from different uh, nations that uh, that were planted in a big long pathway to the front door. Very creepy. 
So uh, again, th- these are all elements of Agenda 21, which has now turned into Agenda 2030, which has 17 goals, by the, mind you, uh, and then um, Vision 2050, by the way, was written by corporations. wasn't even written by uh, diplomats from the UN. It was written by corporations. So this is where we're heading, and some of the Democrats are already talking about ideas straight from the agenda that they want to implement during the election. And, you know, it, it's scary. It's really scary. I'm not, you know, a big fan of Trump or anything, but he's not, he's not saying, he's not quoting goals from the UN for his platform. He's not doing any of that. So right. I kind of think, well, maybe he's not in the inner circle. Maybe he is just, you know, a fluke. He He's stalling things. I don't know. I'm just putting it out there. Yeah, I don't think he's in that inner circle either. I, I, I honestly don't. I, I don't think he's, I don't think he's one of those, one of those people. I, I, I think Trump was, was it, was, was an unforeseen <laughs> thing. Much like breast, much like Brexit in a way. I, I, I think that there's, there's people that understand. See, I understand. I'm not a Trump guy, but I understand where people come from and why they voted for him. I think understanding that instead of just saying, Oh, you're stupid. You know, like, you know, that does nobody any good. I think understanding it, you know, I didn't vote for either one of them. I voted for the pothead Gary Johnson, but I, I, I I don't, you know, but I, but I get it. I get the frustration. I get why people did it. And I, I honestly think that, I, I I do think I think the Democrats like a lot of what you're saying about the socialism thing, like I see it, I get it, but at the same time, I don't think they're very organized in this country yet. You're, not yet. And I think that, you know, we at least gonna have another four years of Trump. I think it's gonna happen in twenty twenty. I think he's gonna get reelected. Now how effective he's going to be on some things, that's a whole other issue. Rob, do you have anything that you want to add? Um, and Gary Johnson runs again. I'm voting for him. I don't care. <laughs> My husband liked him, by the way. But go yeah. on. I'm sorry. No, I've kind of I've secluded myself from <laughs> this whole world over the past two years because the previous two were just too intense. Well, the news is so exhausting. That's, I can't take it. Yeah. I can't do it anymore. Yeah. Yeah, it is exhausting. It's every single day. It's, you know, a million things happen. It's almost like if you miss it for a week, you you feel like you're lost. Yep. I mean, that's that's a good um, way to look at it. Real quick, uh, the cabals, are there any group that you see that's out there? I mean, do you believe in like an Illuminati? Do you think it's the, is there one group? Are we talking about several different groups competing with each other? That's how I see it, by the way. I, I'm i I'm 100% with you. And uh, I'd like to add on, and I think we've, we've seen this. Uh, uh, funny, I mean, I, I did just write this, but uh, we did see 
quite uh, an accurate snapshot of all these celebrities getting busted for uh, paying half a million dollars in addition. Wait, this is this this just shows you the power of these Ivy League schools. That, that's where I think that they are breeding grounds for uh, these cabals. Like you know, they're they're the passage. Uh, that might get you the, the the ticket to entering a cabal, quite honestly. And we're seeing firsthand how these rich people are, are so desperate to get their kids into these colleges. I mean, it, it, to me, eighty, ninety thousand dollars a year, if that isn't enough to pay for a college, why, what the heck? But but evidently it's not. They'll tack on another half a million dollar donation and then go pay the rowing instructor another half a million dollars to get their one kid in. I mean, it's insane. Yeah. That's how important entrance is to these, to me, breeding grounds for the cabals. And um, I think Yale and Harvard probably, uh, well, they out and out, uh, Yale has that skull and bones, which quite a few presidents went to. But um, I guess University of Southern California is another one. I mean, look at uh, Felicity uh, Hoffman. In, uh, right. Um, I, so there are certain schools that are where the in people must go to stay in or get more in. And um, their parents don't care what the price is. They're, the kid's too stupid to get into it on their own. That's okay. They'll pay someone to proctor the test so their kid can get in. They'll pay some. They'll grease some hands of some uh, coach to get them on some team. Uh, all of this just it just kind of proves what we all suspected all along. And um, yeah, I do think there are cabals, and they start at, at these Ivy League schools. Yeah, the 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 deck is definitely stacked. Oh, yeah. For sure. Oh, yeah. Yep. Well, this has been uh, very enlightening. I've enjoyed the conversation for sure. Um, uh, You're tell- a wonderful host, Adam. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. It's been, you've, you've been a great guest as well. Um, it, where uh, can people um, find your books, uh, contact you, all that good information? Well, um, I'm all over the place, but um, the easiest place to find my books are, of course, Amazon. Amazon, Amazon, Amazon. Uh, I have an Amazon author page. Uh, all of the books are on Amazon, um, paperback or ebook, but they are on other sites. They're, um, some are on Walmart, uh, some are at Barnes and Noble. Uh, that, that's more of a scattering. But they're all on Amazon, and uh, my uh, my name is Dina D I N A Ray R A E. You can also um, I'm I'm at the Frisco Book Fair uh, as a guest this Saturday. I don't know if you have any uh, Texas listeners, but um, Frisco's a city just north of Dallas, and um, I'll be there from one to five at the Frisco Library. This will actually um, get posted I, after that, so. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> then skip that. And um, I'm, you know, doing a lot of radio this month and a lot of radio in June. You can always find me on my blog, which is Dina Ray's Write Stuff, D I N A R A E S Stuff dot blogspot dot com. You, uh, welcome to follow me. I follow back on Twitter at Halo of the Damned is my handle. 
uh, Dina Ray Books is my fan page. You're uh, welcome to come. I, I post everything that I do on that page. Uh, I'm on, I just joined Instagram, um, and uh, I think it's Dina Ray 2018. And I'm figuring out how that all works. And uh, I'm on Pinterest, Dina Ray Books. Um, I'm very strong social media person. Um, there's a, there's actually a singer named Dina Ray, same spelling. She's with Eminem. That's not me. I'm the other Dina Ray, the writer. So you don't uh, sing I'm, with Eminem? You no. Know, oh but I, man, I was hoping that was you. I would. I, I, I actually <laughs> got people like, oh, I loved you on his album, blah blah blah. <laughs> <laughs> Ron Dina Ray. <laughs> you should have just played it up. You should have just been like, oh, yeah, that was, yeah, it was great working with Marshall Mathers. <laughs> That's Rob's homeboy. <laughs> yeah, eight uh, miles. <laughs> all right, guys. All right, cool. Well, thank you so much, Dina. And uh, guys, we're going to close out this section. And uh, we'll be back with Tired Rob on Conspiranormal. If you want your HR team to hire top talent for your company, tell them about ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter's powerful matching technology identifies people with the right skills, education, and experience, and actively invites them to apply to your company's job posts so you get qualified candidates fast. It's no wonder that ZipRecruiter is rated number one by employers in the U.S. This rating comes from hiring sites on Trustpilot with over 1,000 reviews. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Conspiranormal, which helps us a lot. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Conspiranormal. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Hey, man, you're hiring. Wake up, Rob. I'm awake, man. Don't pass out on me yet. So why are you so tired? Um, because I get up at four thirty in the morning and I do hard physical labor. Four thirty in the morning is too early to wake up for anything. Four thirty in the morning is an oxymoron because four thirty is not morning. It's the middle of the night. I mean if I gotta wake up at eight thirty, that's early for me. Like, you know, I wake up 9, 9.30, feeling refreshed. If I, I mean, get to wake up an hour earlier, I'm just like... Uh, I get up at like 5.30 or 6 a lot of the time. That's, right. So 4.30 is not that much earlier, but it just it seems like it. So you're still working on the axe throwing room? Yes. Downtown Nashville? Well, with any big installation, as always, you always got to come back and do a little minor tweaks and repairs. And it's such a, such a tight schedule. There's such a rush to get the job done that now... In the off hours, we're going back and, you know, refinishing some pieces. Yeah. We got to do it before they open, so. Right, uh, and because they've officially opened now. Oh, yeah. They're open for <clears throat> breakfast, lunch, dinner. They got their hotel rooms open, axe throwing. Mm. Hotel rooms? Yeah, there's 13 rooms for rent. Really? Yep, the third and fourth floors. Right on Broadway. Yeah, these are one of these like older buildings on like in downtown Nashville. I don't know what they cost, but I imagine they are not cheap. Astronomical. I'm sure they're ridiculous. Nice little rooms though. Yeah. Uh it's been crazy here in Nashville because there's always something going on. Yep. 
So we had the NFL draft. And what else was going on? The was like a running marathon. Yeah. Yeah. And during the NFL draft, like Jimmy Buffett was playing downtown. I mean, just complete madness, bro. I don't even, I I hardly go down there because it's just like, it's, it's, it's virtually inaccessible. I avoid it unless somebody's paying me good money. Yeah. Which you've been going back and forth. So, I mean, this is our little showcase city that they like to show off to the rest (laughs) of the country. You know, come to Nashville, move here, increase our population. Keep in mind that we need some agenda 21. It's only three blocks of the whole city. There's much, there's a lot of other stuff going on here that's very noteworthy and very cool. Yeah. You'll just never hear about it ever. Right. <laughs> it's not a hockey talk. <laughs> it, yeah. There, there, yeah. There's, there's, there's plenty of stuff going on always. Um, that's why I like this city. Right. Um, just don't like the traffic and asshole people that move here. No, I don't like driving an hour to go the eight miles to get home from work or whatever it is. <laughs> right. So any impressions on that interview? Yeah. It always takes like, I feel bad. Cause I, I just, I realize this, that I don't ever, I don't ever talk to the guests like a lot, unless it's a subject that I'm really familiar with, which is usually not the case. It takes me a while to kind of resolve my thoughts and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I end up saying a lot of things in the outro that I wish I would have like, brought up with the guests (laughs) i'm sure that i feel the same way too but yeah (laughs) but i think it was a really good conversation and i'm glad she's on i hope she comes back um for me whenever things dip into religion i always have to to cringe a little bit just because from any angle if you're coming at it from a religious standpoint there's already sort of an inherent built-in kind of, um, I don't know how to put it. Bias? uh, Yeah, bias, but also um, um, like a distrust and a, you know, there's a lot of little little emotions that get tied into religion, and when that gets tied into politics, it immediately just, kind of throws everything out of whack like i'm not a big fan of religion i have nothing against spirituality i have nothing against um sure a quest for for knowledge and for insight and you know philosophy and all that but i think that when you get especially with these with really big major religions you know you you get billions of people i don't know how anybody could feel like they know what's going on (laughs) <laughs> that's my whole thing like i'm agnostic because i have no idea what's going on and to contemplate people like feeling like they're rock solid and know what's going on is just like completely foreign to me so if yeah, you get a billion you. people like that together to me that's terrifying and it's it's a very very powerful force and a very very powerful terrifying force right and then when you lump that in with um the people that are controlling our future and our world it's just astronomically more terrifying so i I just i always start you know i i get real real cringy when it when it turns that direction not that she was like really harping on that but i wish i would have um 
been able to formulate my thoughts to kind of um, well figure out where she's coming from a little bit better. This, with all due respect to her, I mean this this kind of there 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 are real concerns like we kind of started talking about in the beginning. Where we started talking about some of the things that are going on in the tech industry, we kind of like the slippery slope. Are we sure, going sure. down this slippery slope? I totally um, agree with. Are we oh, going right. into some kind of almost like the, what I termed as Chinese technocracy? Is that is that something that is going to happen? Now, does that necessarily mean that it's the new world order? that it's going to lead to the time of the antichrist. Some people seem to think so. And, but this is kind of this, this, this old idea. I think that is still very much around of the kind of like this, 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 it combines religion and it combines like American kind of patriotism together. And I think you, you kind of nailed it on the head right there. That was, that was, um, where I was kind of like, that's such a speculative thing. That I, I totally believe yeah. that there's, um, you know, rich, cabalistic entities out there that have vested interests in right power essentially. And I don't think it's a big organized thing. I think it's like I think you kind of believe the same thing. It's just little pockets of people that have the money and the influence and are using it for whatever they feel like using it for. Yeah, but. And nation states are involved too. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, look what's going on. Look what's going on with Russia right now. You know, Russia is seeing itself as like I, I, they push this whole narrative of we are against the international. We are against the international order. We are against the global order. They're really pushing that. They they really are pushing that narrative, mm. and then just like we are we are in. For our in it for ourselves, but I think a lot of their stuff is they just want to create some kind of chaos and keep everybody constantly on their toes, right? You know, and I but so you've got all these different groups and they're all competing with each other. Another and, thing I always forget to bring up when when um there was that uh ten billion person yeah. population yeah. kind of cap that I've, I've heard several times from a lot of people, um. Nobody wants any kind of population control. Obviously, nobody wants mass genocide. Obviously, but if that's true, what? I've never heard any kind of rational solution to any of these issues. You know what I mean? Like nobody's out there talking about how well maybe we should only have one or two kids. Maybe. We should find other ways to promote that idea. You know, maybe we should, I don't know, come up with some kind of plan <laughs> other than like, well, other than sit down and hunker and be like, we're going to reach 10 billion people and that's, they're just going to start killing us off. That's the kind of the problem is that how do you implement such things without people becoming super paranoid and right. without them becoming and becoming like okay now you now you're telling me what I can or cannot do people people can tend to be especially in western society 
can tend to be very individualistic, especially in American society. We can sure. tend to be very individualistic. We 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 value that idea of we also life, liberty. We also have TV and happiness, that, which was originally life, liberty, and property. We also have television shows that celebrate people with eighteen children. You know. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. So you have to do. You would have to do it in a way that's subtle. You can't just come in and just decree that. You know, okay, now, like China, again, China has their (laughs) one-child policy. Right. Right? That's implemented by the government. Right. That's not going to fly here. So it's like, it's like, it's, it's people. I'm not not suggesting that's the answer. I'm just wondering if there's what other kind of solutions are out there other than this dark force that's just waiting to kill us all off. Like, well. And anytime this stuff, well, let me say this, that anytime that there's this, this stuff is postulated and put forward, you're always going to have the pushback. That's what it is. It's like none of these organizations can really essentially get, do what they need to do unless they, and then they get pushback. The thing is, is that at some point, and I think what somebody like Dina is concerned about is one of these organizations like the UN in her mind is going to, is going to start coming in and just start taking things and start, you know, start pushing even further, start trying to push people even further, you know? Um, Now, as far as like population, I mean, there's a lot of different, factors but like you know we talk about this overpopulation but that's a problem that is in primarily the third world it's not really here like we joke about people moving to nashville but like but but like you know honestly if it wasn't for hispanics and for oddly enough illegal immigration and the amount of children that those people will have because either they, because they 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 like large families, they have a very close knit family unit. They're also very staunchly Catholic, because in which looks down on things like birth control. When you when you have when you have those you have them. We, the, the Hispanics are really the only ones that are keeping us from having negative population growth in this country. Oddly enough, if you took them out of the picture, you would have negative population growth. We're not suggesting that we take them out of the picture. Right, exactly. But, I'm just saying, hypothetically, that's how it would happen. And negative population growth is a problem in places like Europe. That's why you need to import a workforce, essentially. That's just growing pains, though. There's got to be some kind of balance that, I mean. And, and I made the point, too. I mean, she was saying 20, you know, 10 billion by 2050. I mean, that's almost like a slowdown because supposedly in 2010, I remember doubled in the past 50 years. I remember in the 90s, they were talking about we were going to have 10 billion by 2010. There's a bad religion song called 10 in 2010 that came out in like the mid 90s. So, you know, we're actually down from that. But yeah, population has increased steadily. Like, it took till 1835 for there to be 1 billion people. 
And now we're not even 200 years past that, and it's already seven and a half billion. Well, it's an exponential growth rate. Right. I mean, it's. And there's the UN stuff that came out. Not like I guess it was a U. Well, you know the UN. Can we really trust them? That that came out um, in not too long ago, talking about how like we're like killing off all these species left and right, and that's going to end up harming us in the long run because we we're killing off ecosystems and the biosphere, and you see all that. But all even all that global warming stuff, people push back against that because, like, well, that's going to threaten me. That's going to threaten. That's going to be threatening my life as an individual. And it's just like this. This is the big thing. I mean, this is really the big debate of the 21st century right now. Is right. this kind of individualism slash nationalism versus global globalism? That's what's going on. Right. And yeah, I just I feel like. We're smart enough as a species that we should be able to figure it out without Mother Nature just destroying us all because we can't. <laughs> or we refuse to because of individualism. You know, I'm not carried... I don't, I'm, I'm not concerned too much about preserving my lifestyle as I am about are my grandchildren going to even have a planet to live on? Are my great-grandchildren going to have... You know, what's, what's their world going to be like? Sure. There are people that think that way, just as you do. and But there are also people that think that they want to preserve their way of life to be able to hand that down to a grandchild so that they don't have, they don't, so they don't have anything, so that they don't want them to have nothing. I think that was a double negative. <laughs> but, it, but anyway... You see my point is that I think that, you know, you're going to, it's always going to be this pushback. The UN stuff, I want to kind of address a little bit. And that, this is this idea, this whole, and this is all conspiracy stuff, right? Is, this goes back to like the founding of the country, okay? 1776, you've already got guys writing about the, or 1776, actually, you know, not only does the United States found it, but the Bavarian Illuminati found it, like the real Illuminati, the, the actual secret society. And slowly, around like the 1780s, 1790s, you get this whole idea of the, the especially around the time of the French Revolution, when France is really... In the reign of terror, you've got guys like Maximilian Robespierre that are that are stamping out religion, anti-clericalism, left and right, setting up their own like themselves up as gods or like the goddess of reason and all this weird shit. You know that they say that this is going to come over here because the the agents of the Illuminati and the Illuminati just kind of like gradually becomes this idea of that. They, they mailed it into what later becomes communism, and now the key word is socialism. And then you get to like World War two, World War Two, post World War Two, with like the John Birch Society. This is the kind of stuff that they're they're espousing at the around that time that you know communism is just going to take over. That we're going to virtually meld with the the Soviet Union. We're going to be the same country and all this kind of stuff. And the Soviet Union falls. And then all of a sudden, there's no communism anymore. 
but now you know socialism now is the is the is the the bad word and there are definitely things to worry about that kind of push there's a lot of positive examples too that don't get talked about very much sure european countries um and i don't think i've met a lot of like you know diehard like ayn rand fans and pure capitalists that believe that if we were a pure capitalist country that all of the problems would be solved. I don't think, I don't think that would work either though. I think that, which has never existed. Right. I think you have to have a balance of socialism (laughs) and capitalism. This, this is the thing. This is the thing about all this, the Ayn Rand style, John, uh, uh, Adam Smith, the laissez faire, pure capitalism has really never existed. And also, communism has never existed. Real communism never existed well, that, either. That's, that's, They're both ideals, and people just—it just gives people a reason to fight. <laughs> well, there's 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 uh, bits and pieces of it that get blended into everything. I mean, you know, the fire department is essentially a socialist program. Public school systems, public libraries. Yep. These are all socialist programs. You you know I, I I don't want to live in a society that doesn't have any of that side to it. Was I don't want to live in a society that's completely the other direction either. But I mean, there's got to where people I don't get out of bed without incentive without someone paying me. Like we got to have that. When you hear this come out of the right wing now, in this whole conspiracy theory, when they say socialism, what they're really talking about is communism. Oh, I know, my mother-in-law. That's what they're really talking about is communism. It's not the socialism equals communism, you know, and socialism and communism come from the same root. However, communism is a much more radical form of socialism. Yeah. It's a more pure, you know, social communism is essentially as it comes down to us is Marxist Leninism. It's this really strict, the dictator of the proletariat, these ideas, that's where that, that's that, you know, the the state must control everything. We're going to just, you know, give all the wealth away to, to the peasantry or to the workers and we're going to manage it and we're going to make. We're going to make a whole lot of money doing it, and you know, while we do it, right? Because you got you know, people managing it there, and right, it falls yeah, apart. Yeah, on paper, it's great. <laughs> yeah. So, and in commun, this idea of communism, actual communism, though that goal that was just a goal. They called themselves communists, but it was just a goal. Like the you know the the Soviet Union at a certain point, it will actually even before it became the Soviet Union, they had to actually implement like lesser controls and actually had to re-encourage capitalism to flourish because that what this idea of like war communism had was had almost destroyed their revolution right they, they had almost ate the communist revolution almost destroyed it because they were being too strict now you, through the twenties, that the, the new economic program that flourishes through the twenties, and actually, it's almost like what China is now. You had an authoritarian control on top, but you had a basic capitalist system. Well, you know, Stalin comes along and he changes all that. But so, you know, even this whole idea. The, the, so, 
going back to what I was saying, socialism is really equals communism. So it's just this old idea because we spent 50, 60 years fearing that. And now that can be used by primarily by the right wing. When people start talking about socialism, you know, but the thing that worries me about this whole like response to Trump, this really radical leftist response to Trump is that it's even more so it's, it's almost even more communist than socialist because they really want to have a lot of tight controls and as people, because the corporations have just preyed on people, as people become more and more hopeless, those people are going to come into that social are going to come into that socialist camp. And I think that they are going to be much more that this new group is much more radical, like Casio Cortez and all these people, and even like Bernie Sanders. You know, when he's saying stuff like "you can go to college for free" and all this kind of stuff. It's like, how are we going to implement this stuff, guys? You know, this this is, uh, you Even know, it's, it's more than expensive than building a wall across. <laughs> yeah, I, I I just I I don't know. I just I I look and see like I think like Trump is almost like the the, the and the people around him are almost like the last gasp of this of the right wing in this country. Like they're just holding on to power. Kind of like the gerontocracy in the Soviet Union, how they just held on, tried to hold on to power as much as they can as they could. And once Trump is gone, and whether he's elected in 2020 or not, he'll be gone in 2025, despite a lot of people think he's going to declare himself emperor. You're going to have a much, I think, a much more radical socialist, I'm a quasi-communist, it could take over in this country. And it could really swing ridiculously to the left wing so hard that it'll be unrecognizable. And that is what worries me is that now we're just like, we we have to go from one extreme to the other extreme. You know, that's like all we have. That's our choice. And it isn't, but because we're in this soundbite world, that's the that's the choice that we're that we're that we're given. There's no subtlety anymore. That's why I'm this third party guy. That's yeah. why I'm just I don't. That's why I voted for the pot. Me too. Head. Anything anything that helps break down the system at this point, like not not as an anarchist kind of approach, but just you know, it's like that the whole thing's gotten so out of whack from what, like it was meant to be. That if there was a politician that was just out there like, look, all I want to do is bring uh, balance back to the you know the equation and bring democracy back to the equation, and maybe I'll spend four years without a single agenda, just fixing the system. I'd vote for him in a heartbeat. Yeah, I think I would too, and I, that's essentially what you know what I did voting for somebody like a Ron Paul or voting yeah. for somebody like a, Paul like a Gary Johnson or, or somebody like that. But, but it's like, but now we are in the age of the demagogue and it didn't start with Trump. It started with Obama 
it started with Obama being this great hope that he was going to change everything. Well, all the Republicans, all, all the Republicans and the guys around Trump did was just use that same method, and but this time for the right wing. So are we going to keep going? We we going to just sit, keep setting up demagogues? I mean, demagoguery is really erosive to democracy. What does that word mean? Demagogue is somebody that comes up and says all the right things, everything you want to hear in order to attain power. Yeah. Essentially. And they often use, they can use brutal methods in their actual government. And not to bring the subject back up again, but they often use religion as well. They can. Yep. Because that's an easy way to get a lot of people that don't want to think about the issues on board a lot of times. They absolutely can. Yep. Yep. All right. So, Rob, if you would be so kind to tell everybody about our Patreon and what they can find there. Oh, you can find all kinds of cool stuff there. What was that word again? Demigog? Demagogue. I'm a demagogue the crap out of this. The, you, are you are a demagogue of our Patreon. You're going to find everything you ever dreamed of. All of your hopes will come true if you go to patreon.com slash conspiranormal. <laughs> I promise you, whatever you want to hear, it's there. Uh, we got bonus episodes, um, lots of extra content. There's various subscription tiers. If you don't want to subscribe, but you want to support the show, you can do a one-time donation through our website. And if you want to help us out, but you don't want to spend money doing it, I totally respect and appreciate that. You can just give us a nice five-star review on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you listen. And tell your friends. Absolutely. And and to add to that, $1 gets you into Patreon. You can hear all our Patreon episodes, which by the time this is posted, we should have our Patreon episode with Walter Bosley. And before that, we have Romper Room number six, like I mentioned before, where Serfiel and I talk about China and um, the Uyghurs and technocracy. So, all right. I think that's it. We uh, two minutes before nine, so Rob can go Betty bye. Oh, God. And uh, wake up at 4.30 in the morning and do it all over again. Yeah. So join us next time, guys. I'm really excited. We're going to have Tim Banal on the program. That's going to be a wild friggin' ride. So we'll see you next time on Conspiranormal. Tired Rob. Axe throwing. Yeah. This to me is like the really fascinating material. We don't know what the answer is, but we're looking for patterns. I think we're looking at kind of a type of cosmic alchemy. The story slowly Still, a lot of people don't know that this technology actually exists. The possibilities here are pretty mind-blowing. We can't just believe that it was the work of these lone troubled individuals. And like a conspiracy theorist would look at that and say, well, they, the, the Illuminati or somebody planned this right now. Yeah.
you had there was the detonation of a 15 megaton cosmic missile. Bring me a cookie. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.